Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Small Town Big Business, a podcast about doing big business in small towns across the Midwest. I am your co-host for today, Deb Barnett, also with Southern Illinois Now, which is economic development for the 17 southernmost counties in Illinois. And I'm Russ Williams. I'm director of Ethos at the Citadel. We're a small business incubator, co-working spaces, training and development here in downtown Marion. In fact, you're joining us at the 110-year-old Citadel building, which is one of the downtown revitalization projects here in Marion. Uh, thank you for joining us today, and thank you to our sponsors for supporting the Small Town Big Business podcast. Uh, thank you in particular to Arcadia Wealth Group, Black Diamond Harley-Davidson, and RV. The Swinford Media Group, Fowler Heating and Cooling, Watermark Alder Group Foundation, and Union Street Arts. And if you're new to the podcast, you can find us on any of the podcast platforms, and you can also find us on our YouTube channel. Just search Small Town Big Business and be sure to subscribe for free so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. We have a couple of years of episodes there that uh, be sure to take a look at. They're all fantastic. On Small Town Big Business, we interview small business owners and founders about why and how they're successful in small towns. And today we're going to take a little bit of a shift because uh, we're not necessarily interviewing a small business owner, but really talking about outdoor recreation and how that helps uh, grow small business in our communities. And I'd like to welcome um, Brian Croft from SIU's Touch of Nature. So welcome. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited today. Um, as I mentioned, you're from SIU, Southern Illinois University here in Carbondale, which is just about 20 miles away from where we're at here in Marion at the Citadel building. Um, but tell us a little bit before we t- jump into Touch of Nature and all things outdoors, tell us a little bit about Brian. Oh, that's a loaded question. Uh, so I uh, I came to school. I came to SIU because I knew exactly what I wanted to do, uh-huh. uh, which is I was going to be in television and radio. Oh. oh, yep, yep, you're following me. And then I knew I was going to be in cinema. And then I knew I was going to be in music. Then I knew I had no idea what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I was broke and I needed to find a job. Uh, and so uh, this is all to say kind of what got me here is I was an outdoor kid, but I wasn't the type of outdoor kid that went to national parks or those kind of things. I was the outdoor kid that had a crick in my backyard. Mm. Mm. And where was that backyard? And I was up? in central, su- southern central Illinois, so Teutopolis, Illinois, T-Town, okay. outside T-town. of Effingham. That's mm-hmm. right. Go Wooden Shoes. Mm-hmm. That's our mascot. We were the, the yes. mighty wooden shoes. Yes. Fear the shoe. Anyway. And it's a crick, not a creek. It, and Thank you for understanding that. <laughs> I say that, like, Dawson had a creek. Uh, I, yes. Brian had a creek. Had a creek. Right? Yeah. Very different experiences. <laughs> but that was, it was me, and it was almost like a movie, but, like, the neighborhood kids would come over, and we would spend every weekend going outside. And, and the biggest decision we had was, like, are we going to go right or are we going to go left on mm-hmm. the creek? Right. Mm-hmm. And whether it was, you know, tree houses or forts or mud fights or whatever, like, I grew up outside. Um but then like a lot of people are like, well, I have to grow up and get a real life job. Mm. And again, in those situations, when I found I had nothing, you know, there was nothing for me to do, or I had to pay my rent. And so I got a job um, taking people outside. And hmm. it was a glorified camp counselor at the age of 20. And then I realized like, well, this is actually really cool. And so who, who I am is sort of a guy who really just wants to get people outside. And so whether that's my work you know, at SIU in Touch of Nature, or whether it's just kind of promoting the outdoor opportunities that we have here in Southern Illinois, like somebody came and said, hey, you're the outdoor guy. And I'm like, if that's my moniker, like that's that's awesome. awesome. That's great. Put that on a vest. 
That's mm-hmm. so fun. <laughs> so we talked about SIU Touch of Nature. Yeah. I want to give I want to give you some time to provide a little bit of background into yeah. that. But when we started, we said, you know, usually this podcast is talking with small business owners, yeah. but in many ways, Touch of Nature is a bit of a small business within the university. So yeah, very Talk much so. That. It's interesting because I grew up both of my both of my parents owned their own business, uh-huh. right? And so I got to see firsthand a lot of the struggles that they go into, you know, uh, owning your own business, whether that's Saturdays and Sundays, nights, weekends, time, money, all of it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I kind of went, I was like, you know what, I'm never going to own my own business. It's way too much work. And then I got into the nonprofit world and and I go and I I was talking to my mom just the other day. I'm like, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Just and and what I think when I say it's the same thing, it's for me, it's the passion. And we were kind of talking about the passion that drives my work is the same passion that I think you have when you are a small business owner. You have this thing that you love and you want it to grow, but you also want to take care of it. And so, my my work at Touch of Nature, in the same way, is extremely similar, I think, to owning your own business because it mm-hmm. it is a labor of love. It's not an eight to four thirty clock in clock out. Um, I get to, I get to create and I get to grow and I get to do these things. And I say, well, hey, wouldn't it be cool if touch of nature did this? Mm-hmm. And I kind of am in a position to put that together. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. So for those who aren't familiar with touch of nature, give us a little bit about what it is. Yeah. And, and I think the, the origin of it, it has, it's such an interesting story. So touch of nature was kind of this idea. Every university kind of has that university president that kind of puts them on the map. Right. And so for SIU Carbondale, it was Delight Morris and Delight Morris loved two things. We well, loved a lot of things, but two things in particular, he loved the outdoors. He was a huge avid outdoor person and he loved the idea of experiential learning. And so he said, what if we created a place that both highlighted sort of the Southern Illinois region, specifically the outdoor piece, but then also provided this outdoor kind of experiential laboratory. So whatever students are learning in the classroom, they can then come out to touch nature and apply it in sort of this service mentality. So for example, if we were gonna have a camp, well maybe the education students would have it built into their curriculum where they would come and help facilitate the camp experience all while providing these really cool experiences for the Southern Illinois community. And so that really is the basis is we are the experiential laboratory for SIU. Mm -hmm. Um, So much so that uh, back in the day, the practice football field for the, uh, for Carbonos football team was at touch of nature. It's still there. It's the goalposts are still up. And so Mm -hmm. they would actually come out and they would practice. And then in the evening time, they would be, they were our camp counselors in the evening time. Mm -hmm. And that was part of being on the football team. Mm So historically, though, we're, a lot, we're, we're extremely well known for our work with uh, an inclusive recreation and therapeutic recreation. So a lot of people don't know that we were the first uh, collegiate-sponsored camp for people with disabilities. Um, we weren't the first camp for people with disabilities, but we, were, we kind of became the experts and the training center. So if you are a park district or a community that wanted to provide these experiences to your community but didn't know how, you would come to Southern Illinois uh, and you would come to Touch of Nature and you would literally be trained. And we actually were partially funded by the Kennedy Foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, they saw what was happening, loved it so much that they, in essence, worked with our director at the time, who was Dr. Bill Freeberg, and they went up in 1968 to start the first Special Olympics mm-hmm. in Soldier Field in Chicago. So if you look at the origin of this now international thing, it all kind of started in, in you know, the, what I call the backyard of SIU, mm-hmm. Touching yeah, Nature. It's incredible. Yeah. 
if one of our listeners or watchers has never been to Touch of Nature, how would you describe that experience? What's what's the property like? So we have 3,100 acres. So wow. if you're not familiar with an acre, an wow. acre is about the size of a football field. Yeah. So we got 3,100 football fields and an actual football field out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But we have two camps. Um, we do so. What we do is sort of, we kind of break up our programs into um, outdoor education, which is working primarily with pre-K kids all the way up through 12th grade. Uh, We have a campus outdoor program, which is a really cool program called Dog Days and that, uh, where we bring incoming freshmen out for like a four-day, three-night summer camp experience. Mm -hmm. Because the number one thing you can do to set up a college student for success is help them establish community. And what better way to do that Mm -hmm. than by camp, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, Dog Days has been extremely successful. We have our inclusive recreation program. So that houses our Camp Little Giant. Uh, We actually just had Camp Beta, which is our partner camp with SIH, Mm -hmm. uh, where we serve kids with type 1 diabetes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're getting ready in about a month and a half to to host our inclusive hunt, which is the largest hunt for people with disabilities in the state of Illinois. And then we also do community programs. So you know, we've got uh, our Little Grassy Get Down Music Festival, our Haunted Hollow Halloween program, our Maple Fest. We have our mountain bike trails and all kinds of stuff. So again, mm-hmm. our our literal our mission is just to get people outside. And so, however we do that, whether it's through a music festival or whether we do it through a tree ID hike, it's just getting people outside. Do you draw mostly people from Southern Illinois, from the state of Illinois, all across the country? What What's your audience? You know, it, it's interesting. It depends on the program. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a, a lot of our outdoor ed programs, actually, we pull schools from St. Louis, Peoria, and Chicago. Um, for our English recreation program, we have campers all the way from Texas to California and everywhere else. Um, and then our community programs are, you know, pretty local, but I, I think we're starting to see our 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 geographic region that we're pulling from um, grow. Uh, our mountain bike trails, for example, there's there's a lot of cool data, but basically the amount of trails you have kind of dictates how far people will travel. Mm-hmm. And right, for basically for every 10 miles of trail, people will travel about two hours to get there. Mm-hmm. So that is our goal. So we have 12 miles now, and the goal is eventually 30. Mm-hmm. And so you figure with 30 miles, we can have a six to seven hour um, travel radius yeah. for folks to come here. And so you think six hours from Southern Illinois, that pulls in a lot of major right. uh, urban populations. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's rather new development for Touch of Nature. Yes. Um, I'm a bike rider, so I was very excited to see that yeah. coming. And, and I think what people don't realize about mountain biking is there, there's this weird perception, perception, right, that you have to, like, chug a Mountain Dew and then hit some sweet jumps. <laughs> yeah. uh, I know this is a podcast, but if you can see me, you'll realize that like this doesn't do jumps. <laughs> if at any point both of my wheels are in the air, it's a bad day. Yeah. And mountain biking is this cool thing where it really it grows with you. So it's kind of like skiing, I tell people. Like you see people skiing in their 60s and 70s, and that's because you choose, basically you choose the trail. Mm-hmm. So mountain biking is just like skiing. It's like you have green trails, mm-hmm. you have blue trails, and you have you know black trails. And so mm-hmm. I steer clear of the black trails um, because I'm not as bouncy as I used to be when I mm-hmm. hit the ground. Um, but it's it's one of those things where it's very adaptable to mm-hmm. your age, your skill set, your physical ability, yeah. um, which is something I really love about it. Right. Those trails that are being developed and currently at Touch of Nature, that's just part of a larger tourism plan, too, I think. Can you talk more about how regionally how that plays? Well, I think that's the piece. And and so, you know, speaking of like tourism, like I, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I actually um, I was lucky enough to to give a TED talk kind of about sort of the benefits of outdoor experiences. I was there. And sorry about that. 
Uh, <laughs> no, but the was idea excellent. was, I, what I tried to tell people is that, you know, going back to COVID, right? Um, kind of our whole idea of what was important and what wasn't important, it, it kind of causes us to shift a little bit our mindset. And even things like what, you know, what can we live with and without? And I mean, the stock market closed, which kind of shows like, okay, what, you know, maybe that's not as important as we thought it was, mm. but grocery stores stayed open um, and the outdoors stayed open. Mm. And so what COVID allowed, I think, us to do, but a lot of people to do is kind of realize like how, how beneficial these outdoor experiences are. I mean, the, the outdoors during COVID kind of helped reintroduce us to the outdoor world. I mean, mm -hmm. we were stuck inside and then even reintegrating with people, like it was those backyard parties where everyone kind of sat in a circle, but six feet apart and, mm -hmm. and it helped kind of reintroduce us. And so although COVID was horrible for a lot of reasons, I think it, it helped people, um, kind of find a reappreciation for the outdoors. And from a tourism perspective, I think you see a lot more families, mine included, saying, hey, as opposed to going to Disney World, like, let's go camping. Mm -hmm. You know, let's go fishing. Let's do those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And so you sort of see this staycation kind of model or let's let's drive four hours and, and go someplace as opposed to, you know, get, jumping on a plane and going these other places, which I think for us in Southern Illinois provides this amazing opportunity from an economic development standpoint to really capitalize on that. Yeah. I love your TEDx talk, by yeah. the way, just on record here. Oh, he, he said it. <laughs> don't, don't erase that from the podcast. <laughs> That's in there. So speaking of tourism, I brought some numbers today, um, just about tourism here in Southern Illinois, mm -hmm. because as you mentioned, we have so many opportunities for out, all things outdoors. Yep. We'll talk about those in a second, but 12% increase. Yep. Um, Last year, 2022, in Southern Illinois tourism, um, more than 5,5628 5, direct jobs related to that industry. So when we talk about small business in the region and they're, you know, our major job creators, I mean, looking at tourism, that, that's a huge um, piece. $35.1 million in local taxes. So that helps support our communities. So talk a little bit about, I, you know, I know you and I serve on different um committees and are in conversations about really what outdoor recreation means for Southern Illinois and helping not only the small businesses that are here, but helping to attract new small business, yeah. helping to grow small business. Talk a little bit about, about your thoughts on that and your vision. So, you know, it, it all stemmed, the big, one of the biggest changes or the, uh, one of the, the best things that have happened to the outdoor industry in the past 10 years was that we were, we started to become included in the GDP. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're not familiar with the GDP, that's the gross domestic product. And that's kind of how we like measure like our our goods. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the outdoor industry now makes up almost two percent of this nation's GDP, two percent. And I'm, that's a huge chunk. And so I think what that allowed people to do is realize like this isn't just like this is a career. Um, so I have two degrees in outdoor recreation, and but unfortunately, outdoor recreation is one of those things where we call it a discovery major. Like rarely does anyone come to a school and be like, "I'm going to be an outdoor rec major." But if you think about it, like it's this huge field, and so part of what we're trying to do is kind of say, like, "Hey, this is a growing field, and we need people to come and help us." Um, and so you know, with that growing GDP. You know, you look at sort of what makes Southern Illinois like this incredible region, and there's a lot of reasons, but um, we were talking about from an outdoor lens, we have, we're the perfect blend of access and affordability, 
mm-hmm. right? So if you think about access to the outdoors, I'm sure your mind can go to you know Boulder or anywhere Colorado or you know the you know the the Northwest, the Pacific Northwest, and all these beautiful places, and even the Southeast, and those are all great. But look at the cost of living there. And so I'm not saying that Southern Illinois, uh, you know, I, I suppose I'm not saying that Southern Illinois is the same as you know Mount Rainier in mm-hmm. Washington. But what we are is this perfect blend of access and affordability. There is not another place in the Midwest that you can. I mean, you can do it all. You can mm-hmm. go biking, mountain biking, rock climbing. We've right. got trails. We've got paddling. We've got hunting. We've got fishing. We've got a national forest. Like yeah. those places and the access to them. So I, uh, a lot of people know this from a climbing perspective. Um, I, I used to climb a lot in the Red River Gorge in Kentucky, and it's beautiful. But, A, you have to have a four-wheel drive to get to it, yeah. right? And then you're driving two hours in the middle of nowhere, no restaurants, no anything. You park your car, and then you have about a 45-minute hike to the actual place that you're climbing. Mm-hmm. And then I think about taking people climbing at Giant City uh, or Fern Cliff, which just opened up 50 new rock climb routes. Mm-hmm. And uh, both of those were, are within just about 20 miles, exactly. 20 minutes. Yeah. And, from and here. the idea is like that you can park, there's a bathroom right there, and it's mm-hmm. a two minute walk to, this, to these climb sites. Yeah. So, again, understanding that access piece and the affordability right. piece. Like, mm-hmm. it, we just have this incredible opportunity. And I'm the one kind of holding the sign saying, Outdoor friends, please come help me. Um, Because, you know, I I think if you are interested in both the outdoors and starting your own business, I think the potential for development uh, in that industry here as a business owner is huge. Yeah. Yeah. And again, the transportation access is um, interstates and airports and trains. And that just doesn't exist in those other places that you talk about. It's a lot harder to get to. Mm -hmm. So. And I think you're, you're talking. You, I mean, we have interstate now with the, with the new flights coming in, you know, to the airport with the multimodal center. I mean, like, where we can get people here. Yeah. And so that idea of like, you can hop on a train, a bus, a flight, you know, and get here within a day, mm-hmm. or sometimes less than four hours yeah. from Chicago, St. Louis, Paducah, all yeah. of these other places. Like, that's awesome. Are you seeing a lot of people who are retirees? Those folks that you know, because I think of recreation. I think of young people. No, I don't. It's it's people my age and older. It is. And I think that that's, that's this cool thing. They did a, um, Deb was actually cool enough. She sent me a, a podcast and I was listening to it the other day. And they looked at software, software engineers who all work remotely, right? Um, and they asked why uh, Utah. There was a large group of populations. Like, why did you choose Utah? Because you could do your job anywhere in the country. And they said, well, because if I'm going to work remotely, like to have access to all of these outdoor spaces is amazing. And Mm so I actually can see that, you know, in in our region is people coming here um, who just maybe work remotely, but realize, again, affordability and access is amazing. And so can we can we really harness that and and really put that out there to be like, hey, this is not only a great place to work and do business, but it's also a great place to retire. Mm. Absolutely. So you mentioned um, Prime for new small businesses development. So speaking of development, um, depending on when this airs, there was a major announcement here in Marion just a few weeks ago. So this would have been in September of 2023. And I won't dive deeply into that. We'll let the developers talk about that in another conversation. But um, Oasis Outdoors Destination Project. So all things outdoors from ATVs, RVs, test track, baseball, softball, pickleball, 
uh, driving range facility, you name it, it's coming here to Marion and truly intended to transform not just Marion, but the entire Southern Illinois region. Mm -hmm. So that really, as you mentioned, um, just that piece alone is so huge and has potential to um, draw additional business to this region specific to the outdoors. Well, think about the concept of the outdoors, right? So I could go and I could talk to 10 different groups and say, do you like the outdoors? And they'll say, yes. And then I'll say, what, what, what do you like? And for some people, it's hunting and fishing. For other people, it's backpacking. For other people, like the wine trail experience is an outdoor recreational experience. And so the cool thing about the outdoors, it's one of those things that, you know, is kind of, it, you know, it's not a political thing. It's, it's both sides of the party like outdoor experiences. Mm -hmm. And so it's one of the few things that actually kind of unify us when, when a lot of other stuff might, you know, be a little bit more divisive. Like the outdoors is actually this really cool unifying idea. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the idea that, you know, we've, you know, the development that's happening in Marion with Oasis and, and the RVs and the camping and the fishing uh, and all that stuff, if we can find a way to then partner it with the backpacking, the hiking, the rock climbing, the paddling and the, all of that stuff, it's like we literally are a one-stop shop for anyone we're mm -hmm. like who's an outdoors person, whether they're more in the hunting, fishing game, whether they're more in the backing, backpacking, climbing, whatever kind of game. So. Yeah. I think that's what Mayor Absher does so well, too, in looking at the region as a whole and yes. seeing, mm -hmm. you know, really encouraging communities, our small towns that surround the Marion area to say, where do you fit into this puzzle? What is your vision for this? And where mm -hmm. can you um, help move all of this forward? And I'm not just mm -hmm. saying this because you're sitting next to me, but it's also what, the, what I love about SI Now is looking at, like, yes, we do... Obviously, from a regional and a community standpoint, like, well, what is Jackson County? What mm -hmm. is Williamson? What is Marion? What is Carbonell? Murfreesboro? All these other things. But then how do we fit into this puzzle piece? Mm -hmm. And so kind of what I'm saying is one of the, you know, the if the if the puzzle is outdoor recreation, well, then mm -hmm. how does each community, you know, fit into that? Right. You know, the folks at Harrisburg, you know, and their access to the Shawnee over there. But, I mean, you look at the Shawnee National Garden Forest. Garden of the Gods. Right? And, but mm -hmm. then on the other side, you've got, you know, the Rupine Hills that's on the other side of the Shawnee. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I think we can have several sort of places mm -hmm. where you can access these outdoor places. Yeah. So what are the challenges for us to continue to develop the outdoor tourism? You know, I think it's a, I think it's establishing that it is. So it's, I almost consider myself sometimes on an educational tour of like, no, this is, this is a thing. Um, it, and, and, and obviously every business owner does it because they care, but they're also, they want to make sure that they're going to be taken care of. So it is also a financial, I mean, it is, it's an opportunity. It's not just an act of service. Like, and I think a lot of the data that we talk about with the GDP and the growing industries, like it is a it is a really good investment. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that there are some things you, you know, we talked about access, right? Well, so if you look at um, the outdoor uh, industry puts out a report like, you know, and one of the things they talk about, what are the barriers? Like, mm -hmm. what, what are keeping people from participating in the outdoors? And um, some of it is I don't have anyone to go with. Some of it is I don't have the equipment, um, the equipment to do whatever it is, you know, uh, and I don't have the instruction or, or those type of things. And so how do we address... Um, you know, as an industry, let's say you are a family of Chicago, from Chicago, and you want to come down here and you heard we have great mountain bike trails. Well, mm -hmm. okay, first we got to figure out like, how are you going to get to touch of nature from the airport? 
So really boosting our, you know, public transportation, our ride shares and things like that. Uh, where are you going to stay? You know, obviously we have a lot of really great Airbnbs, but I think, you know, Marion and, and Carbondale, Murfreesboro, some of these larger communities, like have an opportunity to, um, you know, Airbnbs, hotel, lodging, and really kind of advertising there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's key. And, and the other thing is then who's going to take you? Right. So I hear rock climbing is really cool. But here's the thing about rock climbing. Like you don't watch a YouTube on how to rock climb <laughs> and then go get the or that's stuff. That's probably not a good that's, idea. Yeah, <laughs> please do not you do can, that. But. Uh, ironically, during COVID, I was teaching a rock climbing class. And so they were when they said, hey, you got to take all of your classes and make them. Uh, you have to make them online. I don't know if you've ever taught an online <laughs> rock climbing class. And so at the end of the class, I'm like, it's very important for you all to know, like, do not go and do this right now. I did my best, but like, please don't go rock climbing on your own. Um, but I think, you know, you know, uh, guides, outfitters, gear stores. Other Those are all like, small businesses waiting and, to happen, yes. right? And and I, I would not be doing myself and Deb knows what's coming. Uh, the the number one activity to get people into outdoor sports, especially the adventure type out, mm-hmm. outdoor sports, is an indoor climbing wall. Yeah. And so I kind of say it all the time. I mean, climbing is this huge, growing kind of sport. It's in the Olympics now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are in sort of this climbing wall desert where they, they've got a couple in St. Louis, they've got one in Champaign, they've got one in Evansville. But there's about a two to three hour driving radius mm-hmm. where we don't have it. That's a good point. So again, from a... There's a really cool research study that says if you don't have a quality outdoor education experience before the age of, I think it's 10, it's either 10 or 12, the likelihood of you liking the outdoors dramatically decreases. Mm-hmm. And so I often ask people, it's like, well, are you an outdoors person? Yeah. I'm like, tell me about like your like favorite outdoor memory as a kid. They always have one. Mm-hmm. And so part of it is we've got to find a way. Yeah. And so I love the work that we do at Touch of Nature and why that pre-K to that 10-year-old spot is so important because if I can get them to have an appreciation for nature, then that, to me, makes them wanting to stay in this mm-hmm. community, realizing, like, oh, wow, I've got all of these opportunities. Yeah. Uh, it makes it much more possible. Yeah. So, again, uh, if, you are, if you are a person that is interested in climbing and if you want to build a climbing wall in southern Illinois, come find me. <laughs> and, um, and I will help you make it happen. I have to yeah. knock out some floors here yeah. in this building. There but you it's go. 85 feet. That'd mm-hmm. be a good climbing wall. We're going to talk. We will, I'll save it for after the podcast, but <laughs> do I have an investment for I'll you? Talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So for those who might not be familiar, we mentioned the Shawnee National Forest mm-hmm. many times. 289,000 acres. Yeah. Uh, Marion, I know, says they're the gateway to the Shawnee, as does mo- most, as yeah. do most communities in Southern Illinois, because it just spans our entire yeah. region. So, talk a little bit about we've we've shared the business opportunities that exist, but there's also a preserva- preservation piece that goes yeah. along with that too, right? Can Any, you talk about that? So, anytime you talk about outdoor spaces, there's sort of two concepts that you kind of have to it. it divide. There's preservation and then there's conservation. And so at their root, like conservation is the greatest good for the greatest amount of people. Um, And preservation is let's not touch it and let's protect it. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes when I ask people like, what's your personal ethic on that? It's somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. Rarely are you 100% a preservationist because that means like we're going to put a fence around it and no one's allowed to go in there. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you have sort of the conservation piece, which is a little bit, you know, like, well, let's use this and let's take advantage. And so I like to think of myself somewhere in in the middle of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we have this opportunity here, you know, in the National Forest. Um, it, it's it's such an accessible 
forest. And for a lot of people, it's like their spot, right? And so I think that's the one thing that we're going to have to address is that if we promote outdoor tourism, like we're going to have to give up a little bit of control mm. over our spot. Mm -hmm. You know, and and for a lot of people, that's that's a difficult kind of thing. Like mm -hmm. this is my this is my secret spot. Um, you know, whether it's a cool waterfall that nobody knows about, or you know that kind of stuff. But to me, the trade off is, I mean, I think just a growing region with new opportunities, mm -hmm. new you know a, a, you know a better quality of life. I mean, if you look at it, there's there's just about nothing that that you can do as a community to improve quality of life. Um, I, Funding and supporting outdoor recreation opportunities is, is one of the number one things you can do, whether you're a mayor or a city manager or things like that. And that's why you're seeing all of this kind of um, commitment to the outdoors, whether that's, you know, towns are putting in bike paths or they're putting in, you know, these cool trails inside of, of the city. And mm -hmm. I think it's because they realize that, like, those outdoor experiences have a direct correlation to sort mm -hmm. of our quality of life. Absolutely. Yeah. So... Be a little bit more clear too. What's the connection between small town communities and touch of nature? What can we partner with? What what do we need to be doing? Well, I think for for a lot of us, it's um, it coming out. You know, it's in in the same way touch of nature is a lot like a small business. You know, how often do we pass a small business and I'm like, I love that we have that restaurant. When was the last time you ate there? Ah, it's been about two years, yeah. but it was really really good. <laughs> so touch of nature is kind of the same way. So sometimes just coming out and and using our facilities, using the mountain bike trails, um, you know, coming to our Haunted Hollow Halloween event or Maple Fest or things like that. Um, that's the, event space. Yes. And we do have event space. So like... And lodging. And we have lodging. Mm -hmm. So it's a great... If you have... If you have a... We do a lot of... Uh, uh, corporate retreats, people will come out um, because, and, and you know, you teach leadership. Sometimes it's about getting people out right. of the space. You're not going to go yep. into their business. Right. And so the idea is how do I get you out of your, a little bit out of your comfort zone? Mm -hmm. And part of that is actually removing you from the space. Yeah. And so for some people, like just coming out to touch of nature and sort of being in, immersed in the outdoors. And we even talk about that. Um, you know, our, our mission is to enhance the lives of all people through outdoor experiences. But sometimes, you can have an outdoor experience inside just by the the way your building is designed or where your building is located, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. or just the walk through the woods to get to the building. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so just come out and use this. Um, you know, we're always looking. You know, we do a lot of school groups. So if you're a, if you're a parent uh, or a, or a teacher, um, a lot of places. Um, did either of you have sort of that like fifth through eighth grade mm -hmm. outdoor field mm -hmm. trip, yeah. right? Absolutely. And and unfortunately, well. Fortunately and unfortunately, like those are harder and harder to do. And so keep pushing because those experiences, again, going yeah. back to what I said about the research, like quality outdoor experiences before the age of 10 and 12. So not only is that a quality experience for them as a student, yeah. but again, you're instilling that sort of appreciation to the outdoors, which, you know, ultimately as an adult leads to hopefully an affinity yeah. for our region. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you have a lakefront there? And what's the amenities on the lake? So front? we're on we're on Little Grassy Lake, which is part of the Crab Orchard Refuge. There's three lakes. The cool thing about our lake is to have property. You sort of have to have an, an outdoor education, environmental ed piece to your mission. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of camps, and then you know there's some wild, some wilderness, designated wilderness, and state parks and other things. So you go canoeing on Little Grassy Lake, and you feel like you are in you know the boundary waters, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. really really cool. Mm -hmm. So. Um, you know, you can rent the lake space, but again, we open it up for a lot of our events. We do summer camps. We kind of do it all. So the best thing you can do is just go to our website and 
And that is? ton.siu.edu, which I find funny because sometimes I'm just like, or just Google Touch of Nature. We're the only one. So ton for touchofnature.siu.edu. Okay. Excellent. Very good. Brian, what is your why? What gets you up every day? Well, usually it's my four-year-old jumping on my head. (laughs) Um, But, you know, for me, it's just I... I love the outdoors, but not because I love the outdoors. And and I say this when I teach in outdoor recreation. I was like, why do you want to be in outdoor recreation? And people say, oh, I love being outside. And I go, well, I spend about 90% of my time inside, uh, and I have two degrees in outdoor recreation. But I love what the outdoors does for people, right? Whether it's physical health, whether it's mental health, whether it's bringing a group together. um, It is – I don't teach – about the outdoors, we teach through the outdoors. And so it's this really cool space to help people grow, to address their own personal needs. Um, and so for me, it, it really is, I, I feel like I, I have the solution to a lot of society's problems, which is just go outside. Mm-hmm. But then also understanding that there are things like access issues and other things. And so how, you know, if my whole career, and if I'm known as the, you know, the person that got people outside in Southern Illinois, like, Put that on my tombstone. Like, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Love it. Is there a question that we forgot to ask you or you'd like to answer? Man, probably. I just, I, I zoned out. Like, this whole thing, it's like, this is a great <laughs> conversation. I don't know if you guys are doing this, but we should we should just do this more. No. Um, you know, I, I, again, I think it's just pushing the idea, like, it's going to take a team, right? Yeah. And so I think, um, you know, the, the development you talked about in Marion and the folks, but there's, there's, and they're there. There are people that are sort of, just have dedicated themselves to the outdoor industry, specifically in Southern Illinois. But I think it's coming together and putting together, you know, you referenced the puzzle, putting together that puzzle mm-hmm. of what are we missing mm-hmm. and thinking outside the box too. Cause again, it's not just a lot of people want to say, well, our state parks are free. Yeah. But we have mm-hmm. transportation issues. We have equipment issues and those mm-hmm. kind of things. So where are we, where are we missing or what, mm-hmm. what don't we have? And then how do we as a region either do it ourselves mm-hmm. or convince people like, hey, this is it. Like, again, if you if you want to start a climbing wall, I can tell you there is no better place than Southern Illinois. And I say Southern Illinois is a region because people mm-hmm. will also travel. So, I mean, mm-hmm. whether it's in, you know, Harrisburg, Murphy, like the whole 13 corridor or even up Mount Vernon and down, like people will travel to that. And, it, and again, that's a, that's a piece. You know, mm-hmm. um, we talked about things like if you um, destination management is one of the things that the podcast referenced and sort of this okay if we know we want to be this outdoor destination hub there are things you know outdoor people like to be outside so whether that's outdoor coffee shops or outdoor Mm -hmm. dining or Mm -hmm. um you know even like i want to see a band but i want to do it outside like so how do we kind of just put this stuff across the region so that you know really um you know, we can attract people. And, and again, we have the bandwidth to do it because, again, you, like you talked about the Shawnee National Forest, it covers the entire southern piece of the state. So, you know, even looking at the third, Route 13 corridor from Harrisburg to Murfreesboro, mm-hmm. like you can access the Shawnee. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. there is there's a place for each of those communities to kind of tie into that. You have beautiful spaces there, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Have we forgot anything? We're good. We're good? Do you have any more more questions? I think I'm good. Okay, great. Well, Brian Croft, Executive Director for the Touch of Nature at SIU, thank you so much for joining this us. This is a blast. I appreciate more men with beards. Yes, on this podcast, beards. <laughs> so the outdoor industry, we do beards 
uh, vests and puffy coats. Yeah, okay. So if you're walking around and you see either a beard, a vest, or a puffy there you coat, go. if you're looking for other outdoor people, like th those are your people. Those are your people. <laughs> yeah. I love it. More masculinity yeah. on the podcast uh -huh. today. I appreciate yeah. that. That's great. So, <laughs> hey, thank you to everyone for being part of our small town, big business community by listening and watching our podcast. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors for making this possible. And thank you to Arcadia Wealth Group, Black Diamond, Harley-Davidson, and RV, a Fowler Heating and Cooling Company, Swinford Media Group, Watermark Auto Group Foundation, and our producer, Union Street Arts. Look for Luke O'Neill at Union Street Arts. He's a great podcast producer and does wedding photography and a lot of other things too. If you want to know about more about Ethos, so you want to start a small business, you want to see your business grow, you can reach out to me. We have co-working spaces. We have training and development for businesses. Uh, I'm Russ Williams, and you can contact me at russell at watermarkethos.org or look for us on Facebook. It's Ethos at the Citadel at Tower Square Plaza. Yeah, and I'm Deb Barnett uh, with Southern Illinois Now. Again, you can find us at southerninillinoisnow.org or on any of the social media platforms, um, looking at economic development, all of the things we've talked about today for the 17 southernmost counties in Illinois. Um, if you are looking to listen to more of Small Town Big Business, again, you can find us on any of your podcast platforms, um, also on our YouTube channel. Just be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any upcoming episodes. So again, I'm Deb Barnett. Great to be with you today. I'm Russ Williams. Thanks for joining us.